We would like to welcome you this morning to Mission Bible Fellowship as Pastor Stuart Guthrie brings a message from God's Word. We hope it challenges, encourages, and strengthens your walk with the Lord. If we will, let's get started this morning by going to the Lord in prayer. Father, we pray this morning for your grace and your mercy. We pray that you save the lost, that you grow the born again, and you transform all of us more into the image of Christ. God, open our eyes to to see all that you have laid before us and help us to love and to live for you and your glory. Lord, we all at some time run from you. And if we haven't, Lord, there will be some point in life and in time where, God, we will be tempted to run from you, to flee from your presence just like Jonah. And help us to learn from him and his mistakes and to understand you better through the teaching of your word this morning. We thank you for your word, for its power to save and to transform our lives and to make us more into the image of Christ. And I pray this morning that you fill me, use me, and may this day be glorifying to you as we come together to worship you as our King. We ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen. Last week we spoke about Jonah the prophet. Um, God called this prophet to do a special task. Uh, We looked at his disobedience as he tried to, to flee God's presence. He tried to flee the commissioning that God had appointed him to. And God told him to go to Nineveh to preach against them because their evil that they had been doing had come up before him. And so Jonah went. The problem was Jonah went in the opposite direction. He went in another direction, away from where God had told him to go. And so the major thing that we learned last week was that not to run from God's Word, His directions, but to be faithful to what He tells us. We looked at Jonah in four different divisions. We divided the book up in four ways. We see that Jonah was on the dry land disobeying God in chapter 1. Also in chapter 1, we see Jonah on the sea fighting with God. And in chapter 2, we see Jonah under the sea pleading with God. And in the last two chapters, we see Jonah back on dry land obeying God. And I think it's good again here to see kind of neat these parallels of disobeying equals fighting and pleading equals obeying. Today we're going to look at number two as we see Jonah in chapter four, I mean chapter one verses four to verse nine as we see Jonah on the sea fighting with God. So if you will, turn with me this morning to the text. Jonah, chapter 1, verses 4 to 9. We're going to get right into the text. The Lord hurled a great wind on the sea. There was a great storm on the sea. So the ship was about to break up and the sailors became afraid and every man cried to his God and they threw the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone below into the hold of the ship, lain down and fallen asleep. So the captain approached him and said, How is it that you are sleeping? Get up, call on your God, perhaps your God 
will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. Each man said to his mate, Come, let us cast lots so we may learn on whose account this calamity has struck us. So they cast lots and a lot fell, the lot fell onto Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us now, on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation? And where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. We talked last week about not running from God's direction. But to behold and to be bold the following of God's commandments. And today I want to look at what happens when we do run. Pre-assuming that some of you may be running or in our future we may be tempted to run. I don't want to give this message to scare you or try to convince you you are wrong, but to show you the effects of running. So that when these things unfold in our lives, we may have some type of sign that will reveal to us a God-man running. Three things that I want you to take from this lesson today. Number one, running from God can cause difficulties in life. Number two, running from God can cause drowsiness in life. And thirdly, running from God can cause deceptiveness in life. And that brings us to our first point. Running from God can cause difficulties in life. Verse 4 and 5a read this, And the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm on the sea, so that the Lord was about to break up. So about the ship was about to break up. The sailor became afraid, and every man cried to his God, and they threw the cargo which is in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. There are a few key observations I want to look at this morning here in these verses that we need to look at carefully. We know from the previous passage that Jonah is running. He has received the instructions of God to go to Nineveh to preach against the evil that has been brought up to God. But instead, this prophet has decided to take a boat trip in the opposite direction, fleeing from the presence of of God, and as he thinks he is headed to Tarshish, the problem is he's not. He's headed in the opposite direction, running from the Lord. You know, I really hate keep going back to my Bible days, I mean, my Bible college days, but the reality is this was a time in my life in which I ran from the Lord. God called me to serve with village missions, and I know that. I saw that as clear as day. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to go in my own direction, to fulfill my own purpose, to fulfill my own goals. Because deep down inside, something told me I wasn't ready to be a preacher. I needed more schooling, more training, more this, more that, to be God's man. And so I fought with everything that was in me to get through this application process, to go attend this college, this seminary. But, unfortunately, I fought and fought and fought and there was difficulties that came about. 
It was like one thing after the other in my life as I tried to get myself and my wife and my four kids to Dallas Theological Seminary. And it wasn't until God really made it clear as I got my letter of rejection from Dallas Theological Seminary that I realized this wasn't God's plan for me. Although I knew that, God had to show me the hard way. But God was speaking to me through the pastors and preachers of that Columbia place, through the reading of His Word, and it was simply undeniable God's call in my life to serve with Village Missions. And so, my wife and I submitted to the Lord's call and we agreed, Lord, we're going to serve with Village Missions. And about that time, we were done with school and I received a letter from DTS that said, Hey, submit your application with your last grades. And so I did again. And I was accepted. <laughs> so now I'm really in trouble. But we were faithful and we said, You know, God, You've called us to this. And in the middle of running from God, trying to do all of this application process, which is pretty extensive, trying to maintain 20 hours of school, my life was filled with difficulties and storms. And here Jonah is about to start experiencing these very things in his life because of his running from the Lord. Yes, the seas may have been calm in the moment to give the sailors the assurance that they could start sailing. But soon, and very soon, and very quickly, things would unfold quite differently. And it says that the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea. Are you telling me God calls this storm in the life of this prophet? Listen, God didn't take lightly His commands or His commission to His people. And if we think we can run and hide from God as well, we are mistaken. Just like this puny prophet, he's about to learn just how sovereign God is. He's about to learn just how much control God really has. And so while God calls the wind to blow and a raging storm came about... And listen, this storm wasn't some little bitty rain shower. It says it was a great storm. And Jonah is just about to find out how hard it is to fight against the will of God. And as I, and as I read that and I thought about that, I thought about Paul in his road to Damascus. And God actually, Christ comes and appears to him. And he says, who are you, sir, I ask? He said, I'm Jesus the one you're persecuting. It's hard for you to fight against my will. And we would all do better to think this morning to understand it's hard to fight against the will of God. And here, this young man, this young prophet, is about to do that. While many sailors of those days 
found that sailing may have brought some type of isolation as they're out on this ocean alone by themselves, some type of uh, feeling of loneliness. I don't think Jonah felt the same. Not Jonah because God is watching his every move. And the fact that he is trying to flee the presence of God preassumes that God is working toward him. Listen, the storm that was raging was because the wind that God sent. God could have just made these waves build up on His own, but God uses the natural elements of life to cause this great storm which was created by Him making the wind blow. And us in our lives, we need to understand that when we run from God, from His will, He will use the natural elements in our lives to get our attention as well. Are you running today? Are you living lives of difficulties, struggles, issues, and drama? God can use little things in our lives, little difficulties, or He can create storms that can be more powerful than we ever expected. We see here the storm was so strong that it was about to break up this boat. It's interesting when you look at how the Hebrew is, is, is written, it could be translated this way. Now the ship was determined to break apart. It's almost like it gives the idea of having its own personality. In contrast to this disobedient prophet, the winds, the seas, and even the boat are tuned into the Lord's purposes to bring this prophet back to his plans. What is it that God is trying to bring you back to? What purpose? What plan has He commissioned you, this church, and us as individuals too. What is it that He's laid before you that you are failing to obey? And really it's kind of foolish as we look at, as we have the whole Scriptures, we see how foolish it is for Jonah to try to run from God. And even so more foolish for us to try to run from the presence of the Lord in our lives. Some of you might be running from turning your life over to Jesus Christ for the first time. I know most of you, but many of you I don't know. And the question is, are you running from turning your life over to Christ? You keep trying time and time again to accomplish your own salvation. When Christ simply calls you to repent, believe the gospel and be saved. Some of you might be feeling, fee, fleeing the will of God to submit to His Word. Husbands, are you leading your family? Teaching your kids the, way, the Word of God? Are you loving your wives as Christ calls you to love, as Christ loved the church? Wives, are you submitting to your God by submitting to your husbands? I know this is not popular in our culture, but maybe it's one of the reasons the culture is the way it is. It's because we keep trying to fulfill the roles in different 
fashions in the way God has planned them to do. Kids, young people, are you obeying your mothers and fathers? Showing them respect and listening to their instruction. The reality is, is you don't know everything. They don't know everything, but they know more than you do about the real world. Heed God's instructions. They're for His betterment. They're for our safety. They're not some type of jail cell that we get locked up in. They give us a freedom to allow God's work to prove true. Difficulties. Running from God can cause difficulties in life. Jonah has now found himself in the, in the middle of the Mediterranean Sea, headed off in the opposite direction from where God has called him to be. In the middle of a great storm caused by his God. In a boat that is about to fall apart. And the sailors are about to have a fit. They're scared to death. And they're, and they're sitting there calling out to their gods. Pagan gods. You see, everyone worships something. Let me put you in a boat in the middle of the ocean with a great storm that comes up and see what you will do. You will cry out to your God. Listen, I come from the ocean. And I've been in the middle of the ocean when a great sea comes up. And I prayed. I've had people in the bottom of the boat crying, God, let me get out of this. And if we get out, I'll never come back out here again. It's scary. I've been up waves and holy moly and down and back up. Lord, help us please. You will cry out to your God. If you don't know the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, you will call out to a God you've created in your mind. That's what these men are doing. They're looking for help. But for some reason, their God is not answering. So they try and help themselves by bringing the cargo forth and throwing it over into the sea to, to lighten the load a little bit. That it might not sink. And I would venture to say at this point, they're going through difficulties. Running from God causes difficulties in our lives. And the problem is Jonah is the one causing all of this because he's running. The sailors are running around on the deck shouting like crazy men to their gods, throwing all the cargo over. Difficulties are upon them. And listen, sometimes our difficulties cause others difficulties. Sometimes our running causes others difficulties as well. But even so more when we partake in this running, knowingly like these sailors did. Well, what do you mean, Stuart? How do you know they know? Listen, when we run and we partake in the running of others, we have no one to blame but ourselves for difficulties. 
Verse 10 says this, For these men knew that He was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because He had told them. Jonah, as he went down to Joppa, he told these people, you know what? I'm fleeing from the presence of the Lord. Ah, They didn't respect his God too much because they let him get on the boat. They probably were thinking about having that money. So they said, well, come on board. It's okay. They partook in this flea. And now they are paying the price. You want to know why I'm so hard when it comes to standing on God's Word? Because it's safe. And I particularly don't want to partake in someone else's running. I want to be safe in the Word of God. Because it gives us comfort, it gives us safety. Running from God can cause difficulties in life. But running from God can cause drowsiness in life as well. And that's kind of entertaining. But I think there's some realness to that. We can grow tired from running. I know that Lauren has been preparing for a marathon, and I'm sure as he runs 10 miles, he's going to go pretty tired. At least I probably would die. But I'm sure after he's done running, he gets tired. Those days when I was trying to go to Dallas, I spent my wheels on doing this and doing on this and doing that and trying to accomplish what I wanted instead of listening to the Lord. And I was exhausted. It drew everything out within me. Where's Jonah? I mean, this is the book of Jonah, and I'm eight pages into my sermon, and he's nowhere to be found. These sailors knew something was going on. And while they're up there on the top of that boat, trying to save themselves, and the boat, it says, but Jonah had gone below into the hold of the ship, laying down, and fallen asleep. And so the captain approached him and said, How is it that you're sleeping? Get up! Call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. Now I find it very interesting. I don't know if you can see that or not. But when he says, Call on your God, it's in the lowercase g. They didn't know his God. Because if they had knew his God, he would have wrote the big G. But it's in the lowercase g. Call on your God. They're soon going to find out about His big G God. You know, when you live a life of sin, when you live a life in sin, when you run from God, life is draining. It is tiring. It's exhausting. You're always looking behind you to see who's looking. You're always trying to hide that bottle so nobody knows. You're always trying to delete those text messages so your husband or wife don't find out about it. You must always remember to delete those cookies in the history on your computer. 
And make sure you remember to hide that wrapper. Sin comes in all kind of fashions. And running does as well. A life of running causes drowsiness. It makes us tired. Jonah has paid his ticket. He's bought his way in retreating from God. And here we find this prophet in the very bottom of the boat. And far away is from God in his duty to the Lord as he could be. Sleeping. Why is this man sleeping? I mean, there's a storm going on. Rob and I asked each other, what in the world is he sleeping for? Was his heart so hardened that running from God didn't affect him at all? So he was comfortable and while the sea may have been calm and he climbed down in the boat to the bottom to get away from the presence of the Lord, he got a little tired and he went to sleep. And maybe the storm didn't wake him up. I don't know. Did God put him into this sleep? When you look at the Hebrew word here, everywhere that it's listed, it used at least four or five out of six times. It's a sleep that's caused by God or something else. It's a deep sleep. I'll tell you what I think. I think the prophet's dead beat from running. He's become drowsy, sleepy. Now he's sound asleep in a deep sleep. Now that's not a divine statement. Understand that's my opinion. The text simply tells us that he's sleeping. In a deep sleep. We do know that. But whatever the case, it doesn't take long for these sailors to understand. Jonah's not around. He's not up here on top helping us throw this cargo over. And so the captain runs down into the bottom, the deepest part of the ship in panic and says, Jonah, how is it you're sleeping? Dude, really? Are you sleeping? There's a storm going on. Listen, we are about to die and all you can do is sleep. Jonah is getting deeper and deeper, further and further away from God. They said, we have all called on our gods, lowercase g, but it hasn't worked. You try calling on your God and see if He can save us so that we won't all die. And so now the sleeping prophet is up, he's awake and he realizes things aren't going as well as he expected. And my hope today is that we will wake up as Christians. Stop running from God and follow whatever God has commissioned us to. Whatever He's commissioned you to. Before life leads to deceptiveness. Running from God can cause difficulties. Running from God can cause drowsiness in life. And thirdly, running from God can cause deceptiveness in life. What is the definition of deception? Well, it means given an appearance or impression 
different from the true one. Giving an appearance, looking like something or acting like something different from what you really are. That's what deception is. 7 and 9 reads, Each man said to his mate, Come, let us cast lots so we may learn on whose account this calamity has struck us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us now, on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation? Where did you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He said, I'm a Hebrew and I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. I had someone in my office this week. And they wanted to talk to me about the assurance of their salvation. How can we truly know that we're saved? And how can we be certain we can't lose our salvation? And they began to give me example after example of godly, quote, godly people. They have turned away from their faith. And now are rejecting God. And I say what we see there is some type of deception. They have been being fooling themselves into thinking they were something they truly weren't. Listen, if you're running from God today, tomorrow, next week, and for the rest of your life, if you're running from God, if you're living in habitual sin against His Word, if you're rejecting His Word for some other purpose, if you're running from God, and God is not bringing storms into your life, and you're not tired from struggling with the conviction of the Holy Spirit, you may be deceiving your own self. For God punishes those He loves. And James warns us, as he says, test your faith. Why do you think James would say test your faith? Because the devil's ultimate goal is to make you think you're something you're not. Listen to those that walk away from the faith. Scripture has a good answer. And I like it. 1 John 2.19 says, They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they went out, so it would be shown that they are not of us. You want to know why those godly people walked away? Because God had not regenerated their heart. When God changes a person, He's a new creation in Christ. You can't take that away. The New Living Translation, I really like what it said. It said, these people left our churches, but they never really belonged to us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. What happened when Jesus said, You must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood? This teaching's way too hard. And the people left. Proved they were never really with them. And if people walk away and reject God, they've never been transformed by the Holy Spirit. Never.
Does that mean there might not be difficulties? Listen, I'm not saying that, but I can tell you this, not one drop of blood that was shed on Calvary was wasted. Those that are in Christ will always remain with Christ. There will be difficult times, I can promise you. Jesus tells us that. Yes, but there will always be a Christian that remains with Christ. There may be times of confusion, but those that are in Christ are a new creation. And being that salvation is a gift that you can't earn, but it's by grace, getting something you don't deserve, your gift will remain. As long as you accept it. Because He who began a good work in you will finish it till the end. Until we see Christ face to face. Jonah is starting down this line of deception. Now, listen, we, we know the end of the book here. We have Jonah in all the chapters and we know exactly what happens to Jonah. So don't take that I'm saying that Jonah is a fake. I'm simply saying here he looks deceptive. And these men want to know who he is. And who's the cause of this calamity. And so they cast lots... And the lots fall on to Jonah. Okay, Jonah, we know it's you. Tell us. What's your occupation? What do you do for a living, pal? Where do you come from? What is your country? What people are you? And they're giving him the third degree. But listen to what he says. He said to them, I am a Hebrew. That would be how a Jew would respond to a foreigner. I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Oh, really, Jonah? Really? A half-truth with a little lie, given an appearance or impression different than the true one. Deception. Jonah, if you fear the Lord so much, why are you headed in the other direction? Why is it, Jonah? If you fear the Lord, you're moving in the wrong direction. We have the whole story. And Jonah knew that God was a gracious and merciful God. He, he knew that if he went to none of these people would be saved. And he didn't want that. And we'll look at that later in the book. So we know Jonah's story. We know Jonah and how he ends up. But what I want to know is about you. What about you? You know what? When people run from God, when they flee the presence of the Lord, and, and, they, and, they, and they want to be known as a Christian, they want people to think they are something they're not. And now listen, I, I'm not saying just because you flee the Lord doesn't make you a Christian. 
Please understand that. Jonah fleed the Lord. And the end result is he did what God told him to do. And all I'm saying is this is a way that we can evaluate where we are. And if you're not tired and you're not going through difficulties and you're running from God, what makes you think that God's seeking you? People who run and are not under conviction, they want people to think there's something they're not. They can be all spiritual and excited about their new fear found in the Lord. But my question is, why does your actions not show it? Jonah, you say you fear God, but your actions don't show it. I'm confused. You see, we all have to be careful that we're not just talking the talk, but that we're walking the walk. Jonah's talking the talk right now to these pagans. Oh, I fear the Lord God that created the heavens, the sea. Oh. But what I see right now is he's not walking the walk. He's running. And yet claiming, I'm something that I don't look like. Into the outside world, that confuses people. When I see young people at this school, and at this school, and I see no difference between them and an unbeliever, I'm confused. When I don't see young kids sharing their faith with other kids, I'm confused. When I don't see adults sharing their faith with other adults, I'm confused. Because in one sense you're talking the talk, but in another sense you're not walking the walk. And all I'm saying is I'm confused. If we're going to claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, we better be ready to walk the walk. Right there in your seat this morning, I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I really walking the walk? Or am I simply talking the talk? Do you really fear God? Do you have a, a, a holy reverence for God and, and even on Sunday morning? As people stagger in here late in the middle of worship. I mean, this is the day we worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. And if this Bible is true, He's the only way we're saved. And He's our place of worship is right here. And yet we stagger in the doors like a day ago. This is why He don't care. This is the God of the universe. And we need to have a holy reverence for Him in the Lord's day. Some of you may have noticed that we're standing up during the prelude. What is a prelude? Let us come to worship God. Not what we, what we can get out of it, but that what we can give God. Our worship. No such thing as a prelude. We come to worship we do a prelude so we give everybody time to get in here. I want you to come in and have a holy reverence for God. So that when you walk out of these doors, people don't question, oh, is he talking to talk? But you know what? 
The reality is I get people in, in my office all the time that says, you know what, Stuart, outside these doors, I, I see people in here and it's good and pleasing, but outside these doors I see people just doing whatever they want to do. And I say, shame on us. Shame on me. If you ever see me out these doors doing something that dishonors God, you better before my face tell me. And if we see another believer and follower of Jesus Christ, a member of Mission Bible Fellowship, out of fellowship with God, we should approach him and say, Brother, I love you and that's why I'm going to tell you what you're doing is not biblical. Do you really believe he's coming back? And all those who do not believe in Jesus Christ will not make the trip. Oh, they'll make the trip. But they're going to a different place. Separated eternally. My heart pours out to the people of this country, of this world, of this state, of this community that have simply been done good to. Share your faith. It is the only thing that saves people. And we need to stop running. Stop running from that. Be uncomfortable. They didn't hang people on a cross upside down because they didn't make people uncomfortable. They were offensive. Listen, I know there is Jonah's here today. And my hope is that we, Jonah's, can learn from his mistakes. And if there are none of you here today that are Jonah's, I can promise you there will be some day soon that you will be tempted to run from God. By way of application this morning, I want to look at each one of these. Running from God can cause difficulties in life. But so can following God. Don't confuse the two. I'd rather run with God and be in difficulties than run away from God and be in difficulties. You know what I mean? The question is, what is your purpose? Are the difficulties brought on you? Or the Lord because you are doing things your own way. Take the hard times, the difficulties of life as a way of evaluating where you're at spiritually. What is God trying to tell you or show you? Last week we talked about it. You have to be ready to receive the Word, listen to the Word, obey the Word. When difficulties come your way. Secondly, running from God can cause drowsiness in lives. Are you tired of running today? Are you wore out this morning? Because I tell you, I heard a message on Jonah when I was running. And I was wore out. I was tired. And the longer you live in disobedience or sin, the longer you will remain exhausted. Repent. Ask God to forgive you and stop running. Thirdly, running from God can cause deceptiveness in life. Don't be a deceiver. You might can fool some people, but your ways will become known by your actions. The devil was a deceiver, and God hates deception. Choose today who you will serve. God or man? Let your talk match your walk. And when your walk fails, 
to match your talk. It's okay. You're not going to hell. But admit it. And say, you know what? I've, I've talked the talk, but I really hadn't walked the walk. That's okay. That's the first step to humbling yourself before the Lord. God, I know that I talk about Christ and salvation, how good it is, but I don't share it with other people. I talk about prayer and how good it is to pray for others, and, uh, but I really don't pray for people. I talk about the power of the Word and how good and true and accurate and sufficient it is, but, but I don't want to stand on it. Listen, we all have room for growth. And me being number one. And as I studied this passage and I studied these things, I had to evaluate my life and where I'm at. And God has a lot of work to do within this body. But by His grace and His mercy, He will make a change that will bring more honor and glory to Himself. He has bukus of work to do in me. And I'm sure He has work to do in you as well. Let us be truthful and stop running from God's commands and instructions so that we might fulfill His purpose, which is perfect and complete and lacking nothing. Christ didn't run from His role. Praise God. He said, if you can take this cup from me, take it, but not my will, your will be done. He made it possible to that all those who would come to Him might have life. To those that would believe in His name, those He gave the right to become children of God. Jonas, let us stop running today and start following God so that we can glorify the Lord and fulfill His purpose. So on that great and glorious day when we see Christ face to face, we can hear, well done, my good, faithful servant. Let us pray.